with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Alan Wishart in the host chair for the Tuesday show as usual. Steve on the board for the Tuesday show as usual. My, my first guest, though, is somebody from a group we haven't had the chance to talk to in quite a while. Pen, Ken Pendergast from the Nechaco Rotary Operation Red Nose That's is cool. back. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. It's nice to be back. Yeah. And now you've been off. We, you've been with Operation Red Nose for quite a while, haven't you? Well, we started the program in 2001. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- for the most part, I've been there every year since we started the program. In fact, I started back when it was uh, being administered through the university oh. in 1997, I believe it was, for two years. Okay. So I volunteered then as well. Yeah. But it was in the Shackle Rotary Club became the sponsor of Operation Red Nose here in Prince George starting in 2001. Okay. And now, for people who may not know... Because we were talking about this before we came on. Two years, no Operation Red Nose. So what is Operation Red Nose for people who either don't know at all or may have forgotten? Well, Operation Red Nose, of course, is what we refer to as a safe ride home Mm -hmm. program uh, during the festive season. It would be nice if we could do it 12 months of the year, but we're restricted. We're totally volunteer organization Mm -hmm. and so what we do is for nine nights during the Christmas festive season we provide safe rides home to people that feel that they are not capable of driving Mm -hmm. some people construe that as meaning that they're you know had too much alcohol but it isn't necessarily the case at all Uh, Operation Red Nose basically is dedicated to giving people a safe ride home despite whatever reason it might be it might Mm -hmm. be a Medical situation. It might be alcohol or drugs. We don't care. All we want to do is ensure that those people get a safe ride home and they don't bring injury to themselves or anybody else on the road. Yeah. And a quick disclaimer here I have volunteered at Operation Red Nose myself for a number of years. Many years. Yes. And I know that we have given rides to people who, A, when they called in for the ride, just said, I'm just tired. Like, I've been out all day. I haven't had anything to drink, but I'm just too tired. I don't feel safe. And other people, especially, say, the roads were like they are right now around an Operation Red Nose night. Some people would say, I just don't feel comfortable driving on these roads. That's correct. So oh, That's correct. It's kind of interesting. We have had calls from the south, uh, you know, in, into Prince George saying, you know, it's very cold or it's snowing yeah. hard or whatever. Are you canceling the program tonight? And we say, are you kidding? This is Prince George. Yeah. You know, we drive in this stuff uh, six months of the year. So, you know, we're operating. Yes. Yeah. We got a, we got a call from, where was it, New Brunswick the one year, I think? Got patched through the house for some reason. <laughs> well, of course, it's a it, it's a national yeah. program, and so there's you know red there's Rose a, teams working I right across Canada. Yeah, I think it's a, I think there is a one eight hundred number you can yes, call. So. Yeah, there, well, there is, and and then of course there's the local numbers. Yeah. But people sometimes get the wrong information, <laughs> and and so we do occasionally get a call from somebody that's it's a long ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, no, we can't go to Halifax to pick you up. Yeah. So how does it work then, actually? Like, what's the process? 
I was just saying, people call in to the office and ask for a ride. What happens then? Well, we start, the, we turn the, the phones on at 9 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if people are looking for a safe ride, they call us at our phone number, 962-RIDE. Uh, which is I've forgotten. I think it's seven three two two is the is the combination. And Sounds right. I'll double check. <laughs> yes, uh, I've got it written down here, but I've it's been a while. In any in any event, they call in and, and ask for a ride at that particular point in time. Our phone people gather the necessary information relative to the number of clients, uh, the type of vehicle. Uh, is there enough seat belts? Mm-hmm. You know that type of salient information, and what we do is we dispatch a team of volunteers from. We work out of the ICBC Claim Center here in Prince George, so we dispatch a team of three people. So we have an, an escort driver, yeah. Uh, we have a navigator, and we have a car that. Uh, takes the team out and, and follows them and, and right. picks them back up. So basically it's a team of three people. And so when we arrive at the site, we introduce ourselves to the people. We're all mm-hmm. wearing the fancy red vests anyway. Yes. But we introduce ourselves to the team, find out where their vehicle is at, uh, take possession of the keys, get to the vehicle. We immediately do a walk around the vehicle to ensure that there's no damage to the vehicle. It doesn't have flat mm-hmm. tire, hasn't been uh, hit by the hit and run, that type of thing. Yeah. And we check the license on the vehicle. It now, has, it just occurred to me, that's going to be a problem now. Because you don't get decals anymore. Well, uh, th- that's correct to a degree, Alan. Uh, uh-huh. Today, of course, there are still a number of vehicles that have decals yes. because they haven't totally expired. Yeah. So, roughly six months. Uh, and what it does is, you know, as long as the car has a current decal, we can mm-hmm. we can go forward from that. If it doesn't have a current decal, then we have to ask the owner of the vehicle if we can see the registration and the insurance. Okay. Because two things. One, we cannot drive a vehicle that is not licensed in British Columbia. Yeah. And the second is, of course, we can't drive a vehicle where the insurance has expired. Yeah. Uh, that would be illegal for anybody. And yeah. so in those particular cases, we have to decline the ride. And at that time, if that circumstance might uh, exist, we would then offer to help them get yeah. alternate arrangements like a taxi or something along those mm-hmm. lines. So then you pick them up, you check to make sure the vehicle is good, driver gets in, navigator gets in. And you take them home. Yes. And hopefully so, the escort driver follows. So the, <laughs> so the, uh, the escort driver, mm-hmm. um, or designated driver, I should yeah. say, takes possession of the vehicle, starts the vehicle, makes sure that, you know, the windows are clean mm-hmm. and, and what have you. Um, we get the passengers in the client's vehicle. As long as there's enough seat belts. Yes. And uh, if there's enough room, our navigator will ride in that car as well. Mm-hmm. And the escort vehicle will follow uh, closely to mm-hmm. pick the team up. In the event that there's not sufficient room for our navigator, our navigator will then ride in the escort vehicle behind the client's vehicle yep. until we get to their destination. Now. I want to clarify that the destination, I mean, obviously, is from there to 
home normally. But in many cases, you know, the the client says, well, we would like to stop and and, uh, go to the cash machine, get some cash. You know, that's always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We uh, sometimes they say we would like to stop and and pick up a coffee or we might want to go to the cold wine and beer store and pick up a six pack to take home. Mm -hmm. We do those things. And sometimes with the clients, there could be two different couples going to do different addresses. And so we will do our best as well to get them all of the the client's passengers home mm-hmm. safely. And so in, in, in some instances, it's a two or a three um, <laughs> drop oh, yeah. ride. There can be some long rides. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And when we get them to their ultimate destination, then obviously we give them back their keys. Mm-hmm. We make sure that the vehicle is secured, whatever they like. If they want us, we'll put it in the garage or we'll park it in the front of the house, whatever. Um, and then we back off. And, I mean, obviously, if the client wants to give us a donation, that's greatly mm-hmm. received because basically that's what the program is ultimately yes. about is, is collecting money, which I might like to say all goes back into our community. Every cent that we receive uh, from the Operation Red Nose program goes back into our community through youth and amateur sports Mm -hmm. programs. So we back off and we sit there and do our paperwork, call in for the Mm -hmm. next ride, but we want to make sure that the client gets home safely. And so in some instances, you know, it's cold like it is now. We don't want to drive away and, and leave them standing outside their, their yeah. home, unable to get into the, yeah. the house for whatever reason. So we will wait until they open the Make door, sure they get in. When, give us a high sign that they're safe, then we proceed to the next yeah. ride. And obviously, how busy you are each night as a team varies. Should we even talk at this point about New Year's Eve? <laughs> We obviously like to be busy, yes. and obviously the the uh, volunteers that we have like to be busy. Oh. But unfortunately, there are times when we have more teams than we require, yeah. and they do an awful lot of waiting. And, and so what they will do, obviously, is they will sit in the coffee room at ICBC's mm-hmm. Claim Center and, and uh, play cards, chit-chat, that type mm-hmm. of thing, until they're dispatched. What we try to do is we try to keep them operational as well. And so in some instances, we will send teams out and they will actually go around and visit some of the different uh, pubs, Mm -hmm. parties, that type of thing, to let people know that we are operational and that we're there to to help them. Uh, Some people have asked if we can reserve a ride for them. And the answer is, unfortunately, no, No. we cannot. is a service first come first serve Mm -hmm. but if we know in advance that companies are having parties and what have you uh, we try to send our mascot out with a mascot team Mm -hmm. visit the party prior to the evening really progressing and make ourselves known we hand out business cards and coasters and then we try to ensure that we've got teams available to provide the service Mm -hmm. for those specific parties as well now one thing we should emphasize here as well though if you're going to use operation red nose you have to have a vehicle precisely we're not it's not it's not a taxi service i can't say we at this point (laughs) no uh, it's it's a very good point alan and thank you for bringing it up one of the uh 
things that we are very careful of is that we are not seen to be in competition Mm -hmm. with the businesses that are trying to operate 12 months of the year. So if a person, if a client does not have a car or a vehicle, then they want to look to the uh, taxi cabs or shuttle buses, that that type of thing. And... uh, the we have in the past made a point of going and talking to the taxi cabs prior to the season or b- mm-hmm. the program starting to just ensure that there is that understanding and, and good relations. Uh, with same thing with Keys Please, we've gone to Keys Please and, and Keys Please have said yes. We know that you're basically in competition in a sense, but we can't handle. All yeah. of the rides at that particular point in time. So therefore, you know, we endorse Operation Red Nose as well. And so we, we try to maintain that good relationship in the community. We do not want to be seen to be putting taxi companies and, and, uh, and drivers out of business. The other thing I think should be emphasized is at no point does anybody else ride in the escort vehicle except the team. I, I missed that. I'm sorry. Sorry. At no point does anybody ride in the escort vehicle except our team. Like, if you're one seatbelt short, well, I'm sorry, we can make two trips, yes. but you cannot ride in the escort vehicle. That's a good point as well. The insurance that is provided for all of our Operation Red Nose program comes through ICBC at no cost to our Red Nose program. Oh. And that insurance specifies that the uh, escort vehicle is only uh, escorting people that are part of the Red Nose team. Yeah. So your point is is right. There is not supposed to be any clients in our vehicle, our escort vehicle. However, a team can make two trips. Like if there's the person who called and he's got, say, six friends, and they've only got four seatbelts in his vehicle, obviously they can't all fit. We're not allowed to put them on the roof or in the trunk. But we can take the first group home, come back and get the owner of the vehicle and the rest of them and take them, right? We often we often wind up dispatching more than one vehicle to a particular party for precisely the situation that you described. It reminds me of a situation years ago where I received a or we received a, a call for ride. And so we went to the establishment and the individual had a large van and unfortunately there was only two seat belts in the van (laughs) and the individual was a little bit put out because we refused to allow a whole bunch of people to just sit in the back of the van Mm -mm. unfortunately we cannot do that all of the client personnel must be uh, in a seat Mm -hmm. belt if there's no seat belt there's no ride no and that is one of the questions. If you're calling ICBC this year, I know this because I've, I've been answering phones for a lot of years. Yep. One of the first questions we ask after we find out what kind of a vehicle it is, how many seatbelts are there? And right then on. we assess whether we can do it in one trip, two trips, yep. and we let people know. But uh, So now when is, I, when is Operation Red Nose going to start this year? Because, I mean, we're already getting near the middle of November, Ken. Well, today's the 8th of November. Yes. We are a little bit behind in, in terms of our preparations. We're mm-hmm. still in the process of uh, seeking, soliciting sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, 
website isn't up yet, although we've been trying, we've been working on it. Uh, The first night of operation is going to be the Friday and Saturday, the last weekend in November. So we're 25th, 26th of November, I believe is the correct date. Yep. And we will be operating those nights. And uh, then... The, uh, I should have the dates in front of me, but I don't. But it's the first weekend uh, yeah. in December, and uh, right up to. Uh, let me say, Dece- so it would be December second and third. Yes. Ninth and tenth. I'm guessing the sixteenth and seventeenth were probably that's, not that's, on the Christmas that, weekend. That's right. The seventeenth is the last day right. until New Year's. We're doing New Year's uh, December thirty first, New yes. Year's Eve again, which is uh, always yes. the crazy day. We we have historically not operated right in that uh, no. Christmas weekend period because the there's not that many parties and and we've we've had a lot of volunteers that by that point in time are getting tired yeah. and we leave them to enjoy their their Christmas season so yeah and obviously red nose needs a lot of volunteers to function so and such time as the website is up how can people volunteer well if they are anxious to volunteer, what the only other solution that I can offer at this particular point in time is that they send us a uh, an email mm-hmm. or a text message. We will forward them a paper copy of our volunteer right. form and the criminal record check that is required, mm-hmm. and we will send them a copy of that, and, and we will process it on that basis until the website is functional. Okay. How do they get in touch with you? What's what's the address they should send it to? Uh, well, my email address is wkwrp mm-hmm. at telus.net, so they can send me an electronic message, right. or they can send me a text message to my cell phone, which is 250-552-4770. If they do that, then we will send them a paper copy, and, mm-hmm. and they will be able to process it. Uh, we have a the RCMP are partners in the program, yes. and the RCMP are making arrangements to process the criminal record checks as quickly as possible to ensure that the program can proceed. Perfect. You mentioned a number of volunteers. Yes. As you know, we mm-hmm. use up to like 300 volunteers. Yes. Uh, to Not on any one night. In that time. And, and of course, it, it, it's comprised of phoning people. It's comprised of people that are putting the, the vehicles and the radios and what have you together, plus uh, three-person teams and riding or driving yeah. teams. And the people um, who just take care of everybody at the ICBC office, like making sure the food is out and everything. That's correct. And so we will have probably 12 teams mm-hmm. uh, ready to go on the night, the first okay. and second yep. night of the of the uh, program. And that number will escalate yes. as required throughout the, the nine nights. Okay. So again, can't, and I checked it. The number for Operation Red Nose is 250-962-RIDE, which is 7433. 7433. And I said 7233. As soon as I wrote down, as soon as I checked my phone thing and I saw 7433, I went, yes, that's the number. I remember that. 7433, RIDE. And again, your email address then for people who just cannot wait any longer to get out and volunteering, WKWRP at telus.net. That's correct. Okay. Can Pendergast and Chaco Rotary 
thank you for bringing us up to date on what's happening with Operation Red Nose for the first time in basically three seasons. Yeah, we we had to take the previous two years off because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, we were, I mean, a lot of people were anxious to proceed with the program, but the the bottom line no. basically was that wasn't, we did not, work. we could not ensure the, the safety of our clients and our volunteers for the program. Uh, the The concept of sanitizing people's vehicles before a ride and, and, you know, there was just too mm-hmm. many complications and a lot of volunteers basically were very, very nervous about yes. being in proximity to, to people that might have uh, been exposed to COVID. And so discretion was a better part of valor and, and we decided to cancel two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So now we're back. It's almost like starting over yes. again. And so people like me forget phone numbers and what have you. But no we are back, and, and we're, we're going to do our level best to provide the, the service. In our opinion, it's the best community service that we can possibly provide as a Rotary mm-hmm. Club in Prince George. And, and we've been doing it a long time, and, and we really enjoy having that opportunity in our community. Okay. Ken, thank you very much. And we'll probably be talking again to you or somebody else before the season is over. Be glad to come back and give you an update if, if that's uh, possible. Okay. Going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more after 9. If you are a lover of old-time fiddle music, tune in to 93.1 CFIS-FM every Tuesday evenings. There will be newer pieces by original artists as well as traditional. You will hear polkas, waltzes, foxtrots, and many other pieces by fiddlers here in B.C. and across Canada. Fiddle Fest is hosted by AJ and brought to you by the B.C. old-time fiddlers, Prince George Branch One. I will keep you informed of upcoming events brought to you by the fiddlers. So join me, AJ. For Fiddle Fast on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8. Hi, I'm Todd Baker, a Remax Core Realty. Selling or buying a home is one of the most important decisions you will make in your life. Having a trusted, experienced, and well trained professional on your side is vital in today's real estate market. Visit talktotab.ca or give me a call at 250 613 1755. If you're wondering what your home is worth in today's market, don't hesitate to contact me for a free, no obligation market evaluation. When it comes to real estate in Prince George, remember, talk to Tab. I found my favorite lunch at Deb's Cafe. Cauliflower bacon chowder with a ham and egg breakfast sandwich. Delicious. Find your favorite lunch today at Deb's Cafe on 7th at Quebec, next to Pharmasave. Many seniors tell us the portions at Deb's Cafe are just too large. Now seniors who mention this ad can enjoy a 12-ounce bowl of soup and a bun for $5.25. Deb's Cafe on 7th at Quebec, next to Pharmasave. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, wind up to 15K. A high of minus 14 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 22. Clear tonight, wind continuing, a low of minus 22. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, more wind, a high of minus 13 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 18. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Operation Red Nose starting up in about two and a half weeks. November 25th and 26th, the first weekend. And um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer by then. Because it's, I, I, again, as I say, I've volunteered a number of years, 
And I can tell you, it's not too bad for the escort driver because they're in their vehicle most of the night and it gets a chance to get nice and warm. Mm. But when you're going out as the navigator or the designated driver and getting into people's vehicles, I mean, sitting there for four or five hours. you get a cold car. Yeah. Again and again and And again. again. Yes. Oh, you guys can't. Can you please warm up your car? The only way they can do that uh-huh. is if they have a remote starter. Oh, that order came. The car. That order came down a few years ago. They cannot get into the car okay. because the assumption that we have to make is that they are impaired, okay. and it's actually to protect them. So because only they have a remote starter. Yes. Okay. If they are in, because this was a legal ruling from a few years ago that we were informed of, and this is what we explain to people who call us about this, is if you are in the vehicle, even if you're in the passenger seat, if it's running and you're impaired, you are assumed to be in control of the vehicle. Yeah, because the keys are in there. Yeah, the keys are in there. The vehicle is operational. You're in the vehicle. And especially since the odds are you're the registered owner. So, well, yeah. that makes it worse, yeah. Yes. One thing that is coming up before Operation Red Nose, though, actually this Friday, Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day. Yes, November the 11th, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And this year, and again, I think this is probably, what, the first time in, again, three years, I'd be guessing? Well, it's the third season, yeah. Yeah. But um, and I, I think they have always held the ceremony at the cenotaph. But a lot of times it's obviously been a very stripped down thing. Mm-hmm. Like just the bare essentials in terms of who's there, what they do and everything. No no um, spectators allowed. But this year, back to, again, we keep using the air quotes, normal. Mm-hmm. And if it's like previous years, if you do want to go down and observe the um, ceremony at the cenotaph, um, get there early because parking is at a bit of a premium that day, especially since on a couple of the streets around City Hall, there is no parking because there's a parade going on. Well, what does your forecast say for Friday? The forecast now says the temperature won't be bad, high of minus 5. Okay, that's pretty So it'll probably be a couple of degrees cooler than that still in the morning. But it now says periods of snow. Okay. Periods of snow is better than if the forecast says full-fledged blizzards all day. <laughs> but no, well, minus 5, minus snow, 6. Yeah. You might not even get it. No. And the other thing is um, the city crews do a very good job of coming out early that morning and making sure that the area around the cenotaph and everything is clear and the roads leading up to it are clear. Uh, as I said, there is a parade. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Remembrance Day service starts at the Civic Center at 9 a.m. Um, the parade starts at 1025. It goes along Quebec Street. Okay. So that's the street that's just outside our office here. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come up quite that far. It goes up to 5th. Then it goes over to George and then back down George to the Cenotaph. Okay. And there will be an act of remembrance. There will be the wreaths being laid. There will be some native drumming. And there will also be a, a fly past. But I'm thinking if there is periods of snow, I don't know how good the fly pass is going to be. be. Yeah. yeah. But that that is the schedule, at least. Uh, and then I didn't see anything on the schedule that I got 
but a lot of times after the ceremony and everything, the parade then proceeds. I forget exactly where it goes, but it it actually goes by a stand or something, and um, the RCMP superintendent will take the salute from the people in the parade as they pass by. Oh. And then at the end of the parade, it, there's usually like a get-together at the Legion. Okay. For uh, anybody who's interested. And again, this will be the first time in about three years that they've had the chance to do that as well. Okay, we are going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll have some more after nine. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council is still taking applications to be a Team BC volleyball coach for the 2023 North American Indigenous Games. The successful candidates will be with the team as it participates in the Games next year in Halifax. Full details and application links are available online through ispark.ca. That's I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. That's applications to be a Team BC volleyball coach for the 2023 NAIG, still being accepted through iSpark. Application deadline is 6 p.m. on Thursday. On Sunday, October 9th, just before 7 a.m., Prince George RCMP responded to an alarm at a retail business in the 5200 block of Demano Boulevard. Frontline officers were joined by police service dog Nats, who successfully located a suspect hiding in the bushes a short distance away. The incident remains under investigation. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, please contact the RCMP at 250-561-3300. Don't miss always Pansy Klein, a heartfelt celebration of the legendary country songstress November 24th to December 14th at Theatre Northwest. Based on the true story of Texas housewife Louise Seeger and her friendship with the singer, the musical features all of Patsy Cline's greatest hits, resulting in a down-home good time. Tickets are available at Studio 2880 and through TheaterNorthwest.com. Always Patsy Cline by Ted Swindley. November 24th to December 14th at Theatre Northwest in the Park Hill Center. Get the motivation you need to be active with the Active Aging Society's Choose to Move program. It's a free program supporting seniors to become and stay active. Choose to Move will develop a personal action plan that you can meet your goals with. Choose activities you like and receive one-on-one coaching and group support while you learn new ways to live a healthier and more active life. New sessions are starting right away at the YMCA. Choose to Move. To register, call Lisa at 778-281-0694. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Another event that is, I guess it never really quit during COVID, but it definitely found a different mode of working. The JDC West competition, Christian Clark Gray from the UNBC team joined me. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there right now, Christian, going... What's a JDC West? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we definitely get that a lot. Thanks so much for having yeah. me. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like in the past couple of years, because of COVID, you know, it's a uh, the whole thing is a huge uh, in person or supposed to be business competition <laughs> where you know the top teams from across Canada get together and kind of compete in a whole bunch of different disciplines to kind of show what they've learned from like not just their university but also like from their business community. Um, so this year, we're super excited for it to be back in person for the first time in two <laughs> years. Yay! Big yay! Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be hosted uh, by the University of Saskatchewan in, in oh. Saskatoon. So we get to go to Saskatoon in middle of January, but uh, okay. it'll be a blast. Yeah, try to sound a little bit more enthusiastic <laughs> about this. But, <laughs> no, I mean, come on. This last week, 
good preparation for you guys. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, been chilly for sure, and we're definitely getting the team a lot of nice uh, toques and jackets uh, for the competition <laughs> as well. So, so now, how many students from UNBC would be involved? Uh, yeah, so this year on the team we have forty three uh, students. Oh, wow. So it's uh, probably the biggest club I'd say at the at the school, um, and yeah. Um, and there's uh, 13 different uh, teams in total that uh, compete. Um, that's like, you know, there's the academic teams where, you know, you kind of have to be like a consultant. But then there's like debate teams, athletic challenge. So we really try <laughs> to just make it so there's something for everybody. And everybody can kind of get involved and get the uh, opportunities out there with our networks and just like the experience of the whole thing. So Yeah, we should maybe let people know the athletics team. We're not talking about them going out and playing basketball no or hockey not. or anything no they come up with some interesting sports yes yeah they do so this year it's uh chook ball and ultimate football so i i don't blame you if you've uh, never heard of them <laughs> but uh uh chook ball it's uh i think it's played a lot in europe not too much mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's hit north america too much yet but it's actually one that we played a couple years ago it's really fun there's two nets there's um and it's all about strategy positioning uh, kind of like handball and then same with ultimate football but it's uh just like a chance for everybody to kind of start at the same skill level the yeah. same rules because you know if uh it was just like a varsity sport yeah. like soccer the school with the best varsity team would win so this way it's kind of competitive and it's all about like learning new things and like learning like how to work with each other under like all new environments so <laughs> yeah so now what team are you on this year yeah so i so this year i am uh, the captain for the team oh. so me and uh, sam uh we are aren't on a competing team but we just uh are in charge of like organizing everything so that's like all the teams getting them ready for comp mm -hmm. you know sending them to comp you know flying them all out there and kind of everything in between um but uh, yeah this is the fourth year i've been on the wow. on the team uh, so I started uh, back in, uh, luckily I was able to do one year in person back in <laughs> Regina uh, in 2020. I was on the debate team. Mm -hmm. uh, and then online, I was on the not-for-profit team uh, for two years in a row. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when you've got people who have been on the team for a, a couple of years, do they usually end up staying with the same team? It depends. Um, I like staying with, because uh, I didn't do well on the first time okay. I competed, so obviously I wanted to do better. Yeah. Um, but my co-captain, Sam, he's been on all the teams. He's been on debate, oh, wow. the challenge, entrepreneurship, you know, business technology <laughs> team. So he's done it all. Some people stick with the same thing. Uh, mm. It kind of depends if you win, too, because, you know, you never, I don't know, it's uh, mm. it's a little sketchy if you win and then uh, go back to the team. So, mm. Mm -hmm. but But the other thing is, it's not the same every year, though, is it? Like, you were on the not-for-profit team, you said two years in a row. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you didn't have exactly the same thing to do each year. No, definitely not. So we have, like, a, we pretty much just practice with a whole bunch of different cases that are kind of mimic, uh, like, real life or just, like, fictionalized business situations mm -hmm. that we have to analyze, solve, and kind of come up with actual real-life solutions. So every year, it's different. Like, they're different cases, and it's kind of different business issues. And this year, they said there'll be a real big focus on, like, the problems of Western Canada. So that's really what we've been talking to our delegates as well, too. Like, what challenges businesses in Western Canada kind of face uh, and, you know, how, like, the different methods of approaching that. And a lot of that just really comes down to two-hour coaches all from the community. We have, like, oh. uh, like, uh, like dozens and dozens of coaches that, like, spend all, like, wow. a lot of their time helping out the delegates and stuff and, um, like, training them up uh, for the competition. So, mm -hmm. 
So a bunch of different teams. How many students usually on each team? Uh, so it, it depends. So each uh, case team, uh, it's three. They're only three students. So they, they have to work really closely yes. together. And they only have three hours uh, to come up with a huge presentation that looks like it you know, would have been done in a couple weeks. Uh, so there's a lot of hurdles to climb. Um, but uh, And then the debate team, that's a team of four. Uh, and then athletics is a team of eight and four girls and four guys. So okay. it's a uh, mixed ed. Mm-hmm. Now, so, like, let's again go back to one that you know, the not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. So you've got three hours they give you. So I'm guessing that means they give you the case study when you get to University of Saskatchewan. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what do they do, seal you in a room for three hours? It's exactly uh, wow. exactly that. <laughs> well, they actually seal you in a room for a couple hours first just to make sure everybody, you know, is starting from the same point. Then they bring you to the room where you actually have the three hours to do your uh, your resolution. Then you have three hours. You have to read the case, you know, find out all mm-hmm. the issues. And not-for-profit, I really like, too, because of all the really unique kind of constraints that they face, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, with... Because funding is usually the biggest thing, and like all the different ways you can kind of go about that, and uh, it's, it's it was really unique, really fun. Um, but uh, this year, I'm trying to yeah get get all that for the uh, other teams and stuff <laughs> uh, going. So, <laughs> and then how long do you usually have to make your presentation? Like you've got three hours to hammer it all together, as you said, condensed two mm-hmm. weeks into three hours. <laughs> yeah. And then you stand in front of the judges, and they're glaring at you. Yeah, and you got 20 minutes to show off what you got, and then you also get five minutes of being grilled by the the judges. And uh, the judges at competition are like uh, they're not they're not nobodies for sure. They're uh, they're like some a lot of times with the cases like there's been a case about Red Bull Canada, and then the VP of Red Bull was one of the judges there. So you are you really have to show your stuff because it's usually the the companies that you're talking about, the people that work for them uh, are the ones judging you so <laughs> yeah even if they may not have used that exact name mm-hmm. in the presentation exactly, as you're doing yeah. it when they introduce the judges you're going okay wait a second you were told <laughs> to do a presentation on a beer company and there's somebody from red bull here uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah sometimes they use a real one name sometimes they don't yeah. so you never really know but uh it's uh that's part of the fun it's always like the wild card of it all oh, so i can imagine <laughs> yeah okay christian we're going to take a quick break awesome. when we come back Sounds we're going to talk about a special event coming oh, up this weekend <laughs> after 9. UNBC is restarting their Climate Science Information Seminars. The seminars provide presenters with the opportunity to communicate their research and obtain valuable feedback from the audience. Guest speakers are being arranged for the fall and winter semesters with sessions scheduled every two weeks starting tomorrow through April 26th. If you know of a researcher who may want to give a presentation or would just like some more information, send an email to CSIS at unbc.ca. If you believe someone you know might be the victim of elder abuse, turn your concerns over to the professionals and let them investigate. Do not confront an abuser yourself. Let the professionals determine if abuse is occurring. The Prince George Council of Seniors has a list of the numbers you can call and the websites you can visit for more information. Pick up the list at the Seniors Resource Centre at 7th and Victoria or call 250-564-9100. The Studio 2880 Artisan Gift Shop and Gallery is expanding its hours for the coming holiday season. November 17th through December 22nd, the Gift Shop and Gallery will be open from 11 to 5 Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 11 to 8 on Thursdays, and Saturdays from 10 to 4. Extra hours to help you find that perfect locally handcrafted something for that someone special. Expanded Gift Shop and Gallery hours, November 17th through December 22nd at Studio 2880. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, wind up to 15K. A high of minus 14 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 22. Clear tonight, wind continuing, a low of minus 22. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, more wind. A high of minus 13 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 18. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Christian, the JDC West Team of UNBC made up of, for the most part, serious business students. Yeah, we try to stay serious for the most part, but, you know, this we're... This weekend! We uh, know, like to be a little wacky sometimes as well, so we're super excited for uh, our Chillin' for Charity event uh, this weekend, November 12th, right before right. the Heroes game uh, at the Cougars, oh. so if you guys are coming out to Heroes night, want to see the big game, definitely pop by. Uh, we're starting uh, Chillin' for Charity at, at 3pm. Okay. Um, I guess I should probably explain kind of what that is. Yes, I know what it is. You, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. A lot a lot of people out there don't know what it is they're hearing chilling for charity. Like, does that mean you guys are just going to have a bunch of lawn chairs yeah. out there? You're just going to be relaxing and chilling? Oh, no. I wish. Yeah. Yes. Kind of the opposite. Yeah. Uh, so what it is, it's, uh, you know, we have a big uh, tub of freezing cold water. And, you know, all we and uh, throughout the past month, all of our, our teams have all been uh, trying to raise money um, and successfully uh, for Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, um, same as last year, actually, we're trying to raise money for the cardiac care unit in the hospital it's something that you know the community's really been been pushing for 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 a while yes. so uh and it's something that we are, we're really trying to yeah just add a little bit to 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 get it going um and hopefully i think we are really close to to getting that too um and yeah so just we've raised um just over three thousand dollars so far but we're hopefully you know gonna get oh. a lot more um you know throughout the next uh, few weeks as well but especially uh at the chilling for charity yes. event so um, there you team, yeah, the teams will be jumping in water and like wacky <laughs> costumes. And you also have, if you come down, you also have the opportunity to, you know, buy some ice to make it even more freezing for them. So <laughs> if you're that type of person who likes to donate, but likes a little fun too, uh, yeah. we'll have something for you there. <laughs> and now the thing is though, chilling for charity, it's a fundraiser and fundraising is one of the aspects if you will of jdc yes it is it's one of the one of the competitions at jdc west is like charity hours and charity dollars Mm -hmm. and unbc is uh, by far the strongest team in the charity dollars yeah every single year um you know Almost every year, we get first place in how much money we, we raise for charity. And it's something we're really proud of, just our, like with the community and stuff. Um, we're really, really thankful uh, to kind of be located here. Because it's teams like, you know, like uh, in Sauter and Vancouver, SFU, oh. U of A, huge schools, huge networks. But we're still able to raise significantly more money for them for charity. And I think that's just a testament of, you know, how much Prince George kind of comes together with uh, with those types of things. So we're really Because they like to see students freezing in the water. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's always fun to watch. Yeah. So, uh, not when you're doing it, but... No. <laughs> now, I will note, when I was working for the Free Press, I came out and got photos some years. <laughs> and the first rule I learned is, bring a telephoto lens and stand well back. Yes. Because a lot of the guys like to do cannonballs. Yes. And that water splashes a long ways. Yeah, it splashes. People, uh, I don't know if anybody's done like flips uh, recently, but yeah, no. cannonballs jumping in and stuff. Uh, no. And uh, yeah, I was taking pictures of one of the years and my <laughs> camera, my mom's camera got pretty soaked, so she was not too uh, too no. happy with that no. one. No, but it is a lot of fun to watch with the costumes and everything. And of course, it's, they get up there and I've, I've seen some people even make little speeches when they're up on the diving board area and then they jump in 
and three seconds later they're out and heading back inside to get warmed up <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's a pretty quick process from jumping in to jumping out and they're just <laughs> heading right in but uh yeah we have uh we have uh all uh like yeah we are so we, we have 10 teams on our team this year so we, yeah we'll have all 10 of them uh, jumping and everything so uh if you want to come support the team you know we we love the support and uh we'll also be some some of the team's costumes might be themed to the heroes night as well uh which uh which yeah. will be nice yeah so now how long do you expect that to go on because obviously you can't go say till eight o'clock after the cougars game has started no so it's uh it's ending uh it should end around five okay. um and it's uh right before uh like the game kind of starts flowing yeah. in and stuff so hopefully yeah we get some overlap there with the uh the event and and the heroes night so yeah so if you are figuring going out to the cougars game and that would then be what saturday night that's this saturday yeah correct. This Saturday already, November the 12th. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Time is flying. I know. Okay. Actually, when is JDC West? When is the competition? Yeah, so the competition is the uh, weekend of January 14th. Um, that's, uh, yeah, we fly in there. So we're, it's uh, kind of, uh, it's it's amping up now for sure. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to get all the teams really ready just because uh, we think we have a really good shot this year of, you know, doing well at the competition. And, and uh, you know, it's always, um, it's always, uh, a competition's always really fun for us too because, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, we are by far the smallest school compared oh, to like i yes. think four times smaller than the next smallest so uh anytime like last year um we got first place in entrepreneurship we got second place in human resources we got first place in charity dollars so it's it's those wins are just so big for us uh, when we get there and beating all those big schools <laughs> and stuff and uh just for all the hard work that the that the team puts in so so the only in-person one that you've been to then was your first year. It was Regina, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to taste victory, but uh, hopefully I can pass that on to, yes. the, to the team this year. <laughs> but when you're there... Do, I'm guessing there's a lot of socializing among the teams, though, as well. A hundred percent. That's yeah. a huge part of it. Because it is a business competition, you know, even though you're competing with them, you know, these are going to be your business partners in the future, oh, yeah. of course. So it's uh, like everybody likes to use those networking opportunities because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it really brings together like a network across Canada and stuff. And it's been going on for so many years, too, that like the alumni base is, is mm-hmm. really, really big. Um, so just, yeah, getting yourself out there. And there's a lot of different like at the competition, like corporate shows showcases that like oh, like yeah. uh, delegates can go and learn about different opportunities and everything so um so a bit of a hiring fair going on yeah it is extent, yeah. oh 100 percent. Yeah. yeah because uh that's like at the end of the day that's how that competition oh. happens you know because it's such a big you know um kind of tool to show like these are like the really the top business students in all of western canada mm-hmm. and the companies like kpmg and mmp you know that's um it's really a great opportunity for them to be able to network with those students and and stuff so it's uh, that's that's what we try to provide to all our like community sponsors as well, and and uh, yeah, it's a super super awesome relationship that we have with them. So when you were there at the in person one, how much time did you have to spend explaining to people where UNBC was? <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, we definitely uh, it's not at yeah, it's definitely not as known. I think no. we, we've been in the competition since two thousand seven, yeah, so and UNBC, doing so well. Yeah, so UNBC is definitely one of the uh, older schools in it, yeah. so we've definitely been there for a while. But when you actually talk about where Prince George is, sometimes they think it's like just by Kelowna. You know, sometimes they yeah, think it's we, in, we sometimes <laughs> wish. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I'm wishing right now to be honest yeah. a little bit with the snow, but uh, <laughs> but no and. So when you go back there this year, you're probably going to see a few people you might remember from four years ago. What about people who you maybe saw last the last two years via Zoom? Do you see many of the other teams on the Zoom meetings, or is the Zoom basically you and the judges? 
It's uh, on the like so. There's lots of different aspects in the competition, even when it was online. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of like you could see the teams and everything, but the actual chances to meet with them and talk to yeah. them is pretty limited. And that's why we're so excited for this year because honestly, like a lot of the people that I would have gone to comp in in Regina with, they probably either graduated. So there might be a couple that I I recognize. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not too sure, so it'll be mm-hmm. excited when I get there. But it'll be a lot of fresh faces all meeting each other, and a lot of like most of the people at the competition will experience it in person for the first time, yeah. which I think will be it'll be kind of fun just because everybody will get to do it for the first time and kind of explore it for the first time and it's the energy and everything there because it's 600 students all Whoa. crammed in the same hotel room so you can imagine the kind of energy that's, that's going on there for yes. sure <laughs> and the good news is they keep them busy during the day so there's i'm not going to say there's nothing happening in the evening because i'm not going to make that assumption but at the end of the each competition day they're probably fairly tired oh it's uh yeah we uh we make our delegates wake up at uh well the competition makes them wake up at 3 a.m in the morning for the uh, for the presentation so yeah they they wake up at 3 a.m i'll be banging on their doors and sending them off to the school to get ready for their presentations and so that's kind of what we have to simulate at uh when we're practicing too on some of our mock competitions (laughs) so we make them wake up at not too not that early we we, it's only a brisk 5 30 in the morning we make them wake up because i'm a nice guy so i don't want to yeah I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Christian, if people want to donate this weekend at Children for Charity, or if they want to donate ahead, how do they do it? Yeah, so there's a, a bunch of different ways. So if you visit UNBC JDC West on Facebook, uh, you can see uh, the link to Canada Help. So that's where we're taking all of our donations to Spirit of the North. Right. Uh, if you donate over $20, you'll be eligible for a tax receipt. Uh-huh. And just got to put your information in there. Um, but as well, if there's a specific um, like team member or team that you'd like to donate to, you can just follow that link and uh, choose them or go to their personal Facebooks because we've had the mm. whole team share the links and yeah, um, yeah. as well as uh, we also have a um, bottle drive account at the PG Recycling uh, just near the oh. uh, Fortune Palace there right. uh, um, so if you want to donate your bottles down there as well uh, we'd just be, tell them it's for JDC West just, yeah exactly just say UNBC JDC West and they'll take them and that'll go straight to Spirit of the North as well and I'm guessing you will have somebody out on um, Saturday afternoon with a little bucket or something collecting donations there as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So if you, if you want to come down and just uh, donate cash, you don't want to be too mean and buy the ice for the teams, yeah. you know, we'll be, we'll have something for you there too. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Christian Clark Gray, UNBC JDC West. Thanks very much for bringing us up to date. And I think I'll be talking with you or somebody else, if not before then, probably just after you guys get back so you can tell us about all your winnings. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that's the plan. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. No problem. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Learn specific strategies for responding to behaviors often experienced by caregivers with Focus on Behavior, Thursday, November 24th from 2 to 3.30 online. For dementia caregivers, targeted strategies for word salad, confabulation, wanting to go home, and asking for deceased relatives is a small group information workshop facilitated to provide opportunities for live discussion Thursday, November 24th from 2 to 3.30 through alzbc.org. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Cellist Henry Schaffer joins your Prince George Symphony Orchestra for a main stage concert Saturday, May 27th at Vanier Hall. Hired as the youngest principal cellist of a major North American orchestra by the Vancouver Symphony, Schaffer's performance will feature the Lalo Cello Concerto. Tickets for this and other PGSO main stage concerts are available at the symphony office and online through pgso.com. Guest cellist Henry Schaffer and your Prince George Symphony Orchestra Saturday, May 27th at Vanier 
Beignet Hall. The Spruce City Lions Club has a Recycle for Sight collection box at the Seniors Resource Center. Drop-off no longer used prescription and non-prescription glasses, sunglasses and readers, even if they're broken. Donated glasses will be cleaned, categorized by prescription, and prepared for distribution to people in developing countries. Used hearing aids are also being accepted. The Spruce City Alliance Club Recycle for Sight Collection Box in the Seniors Resource Center at the corner of 7th and Victoria. Winter weather is upon us, and your Prince George RCMP is reminding everyone to drive with extra caution. Also, keep in mind that weather changes can be unpredictable. Turn on your headlights to guarantee you're seen from both directions. Never drive with a frosted windshield, and make sure you have properly rated tires before heading out on the highways. Leaving early, slowing down, and driving to the road and weather conditions are also key to arriving at your destination safely. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So we've been talking today with a couple of groups, Operation Red Nose and JDC West, about how things changed for them over the last couple of years with COVID. But Steve, another group who uh, things changed for to some extent uh, was the Prince George Council Seniors and their Christmas Hampers program. Mm -hmm. Because they used to, like, get a lot of food donations. Obviously, the last couple of years, they didn't really want to do that with COVID, for the people bringing the stuff in and also for their volunteers handling it later. Absolutely. So what they did, I think last year was the first year they, they did this. Um, they are just asking for the donations to be in the form of money or gift cards mm-hmm. to local uh, food stores, basically. And last year, they provided uh, hampers to 250 seniors in the community, which considering the restrictions that everybody is still under, that's impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah, and that's all. It's obvious. It's also obviously a lot of work for them because they still have to put together the hampers. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to get the donations, but you're not just going to go out to the 250 seniors and say, "Here's some money and some gift cards. Go get yourself some food." Well, you think about having to put together the hampers and oh. to keep them similar. Yes, and to come out and serve 250. Yeah, that is impressive. Yeah. and. Um, the other thing, of course, is they can't make they can't make the hampers similar, but they can't make them all the same right. because yeah. you've got some people who um, are lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So depending on what's going into each hamper, you've got to adjust some of them for that. Some people are restricted in how much salt they can have in their diet, so you've got to keep an eye on that. Some people, sugar. So there's just so many things you've got to keep an eye on for uh, when you're making up these hampers. They are taking donations now. You can drop them off at the Council of Seniors at 720 Victoria Street or uh, over at the uh, Citizen newspaper office, which okay. is so way the, the heck the way The way this works is they don't really accept food anymore. No, that's what we were just saying. Okay. Yeah. It's, dona- right. it's donations, money, yeah. cash, or gift yeah. cards. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The way you were going on about no. uh, making sure lactose intolerance. Oh, no, we were talking about they still, have, they still have to put together the hampers. They don't just get the donations, the gift cards out to the seniors. They they go, oh, okay. they buy all the food. All right. Because they're saying oh. they need the donations no later than December the 5th, which determines how right, many hampers right. they can give this year. Yeah. Then they go out and they make the purchases and everything and make ah, up the hampers. Okay. And then distribute them. Oh. All right. So it's not. There and go. they're taking donations. They're also collecting applications for yes. the hampers. So if you're a senior who would like to get a hamper, um, you can pick up an application at the Seniors Resource Center, 721 Victoria Street, 
or you, apparently they're also online at pgcos.ca. And if you'd like more information, call 250-564-5888. Uh, they're collecting applications until November the 30th, so you've still got a few weeks. So that's what, three weeks from, three weeks from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then the delivery dates will be on December 15th and 16th. So, so are you applying for one? I don't think so. No? No. No. My, my probably ma- would qualify. The massive paychecks I get from here yes. as a volunteer. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You yeah. could probably qualify. No, it's nice having um, a sister and brother-in-law and a mom in town who are more than willing yes. to feed me every once in a while. Yes, that's just true. Yes, although I will say driving out to my road on the weekend was... A little I tricky. Took, I, well, the roads were not bad at all, but yeah. again, the first weekend with the roads like that, I just took it slow and easy because I think I'm a good driver. I think I'm a safe driver, but even so, I didn't want to take any chances, so yeah. I just took it slow and easy. That's not saying the next time I go out, I'm going to be doing 90 the whole way. Ah. Uh, no. No more than 80 for the next no. trip. No. But, uh, no, and again, I guess, um, yeah, so that just about wraps up again be careful out there people the roads are still fairly slippery mm-hmm. the crews all are doing a good job roads. it's all the side roads yes. in downtown they're just ice yes did, did you mention the uh cougars sunday afternoon game is a mega 50 50 ah, jackpot okay in support of uh northern health and okay. Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. Okay, so this weekend is a good one for Spirit of the North then. Yeah. Because the Chill on for Charity, which we were just talking mm-hmm. about, JDC West, is on Saturday afternoon, just yeah. before the Cougars game. Yeah, so, so uh, the, the Sunday game, 2 o'clock wow. start, it's an afternoon contest. Yes. Uh, the 50-50, you can actually go online to buy tickets through their website, mm. uh, pgcougars.ca, I believe. is it? Yes. yes. It'd be easy to find anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing we should maybe quickly mention is, is it the Cougars games on Saturday night this year or 6 o'clock? Uh, yes. Yes. So that's a thing to keep in mind as well. Yes. Because usually it's a Friday, Saturday is when they play. But this weekend is Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So kind of strange times for both of them, really. Saturday, 6 o'clock, Sunday at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Afternoon contest. But get out and support the Cougars. They're playing well. Three wins in a row. And they're playing Vancouver. So that should uh, be two should more be, in a row. Should be two well, more Should in a row. be two more in a row. But let's not get too confident. Yeah, people. always always hard with the back-to-backs like that. Yes. Um, that will we'll do it for today's show. I will be back next Tuesday. Kylie Lewis. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFISFM Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the BC Association of Community Response Networks, stopping adult abuse and neglect together.